escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Welcome back on our front on the Joy News Channel. Just like I said, we are having a conversation on the debt restructuring of Ghana and the recapitalization of banks that participated in the domestic debt exchange program. Uh, to help me, you know, go into this issue is a banking consultant, Dr. Richmond Etienne, and he was joining me by Zoom. Doc, good evening. Good evening. Well, Doc, how are you doing? And um, how is everything? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and you? Well, I'm also fine. Well, let's let's start from the um, MPC press release that was actually put out by the Bank of Ghana. And if you compare the most current MPC report to the one that was uh, previously released, uh, the, the you know the central bank says that uh, banks are, are liquid. Do you agree with this assertion? Well, to certain extent, I will agree because. Uh, people haven't got options. All that they have to do is to either buy a treasury bill or put or put their money in a deposit account for a fear of what happened in the DDEP. So the banks seem to be very liquid because the alternatives are very, very limited. That is why I think a lot of money find themselves in the bank's um, woods. Right, so you believe that the banks are currently liquid? Well, as I have said earlier, um, to a certain extent, it is true because customers don't have very good many options. So what they do is that they just put the money in deposit accounts or put it in a fixed deposit or savings. So basically, the banks are enjoying a, a very good position of getting uh, liquidity. So for me, what the government said, that would, to a certain extent, it is true. Right, let's, let's, let's go to the domestic debt exchange program and, and look at the participation rate of commercial banks. The first round of the DDP that took place, uh, we saw that uh, there was a lot of load on banks. Uh, was there anything that changed in the second round that had to do with a whole restructuring of the program? Hello, Doc. Doc, I need Thank you very much. Yeah. I think I will go back. There has been a there has been a statement saying that the banking sector. Can I hear you? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Doc. Can you hear me? Please go ahead. I can hear you. Hello, Doc. Yeah. I can hear you. What I'm saying is that. Yeah. Thank you very much. What I'm saying is that a certain statement has been made that the banking is banking system sector is resilient. For me, that statement needs to be qualified, really needs to be qualified. The mere fact that it is liquid does not make it resilient. That resilient there, the metrics used in measuring banks, one is liquidity, one is the non-performing. Unfortunately, 
unfortunately, if you look at literature by Levine and um, Valencia in 2018 IMF country report, any country that has close to 20% of non-MPL or non-performing asset, that banking sector is in crisis. So that I want us to get it straight that certain pronouncements are made that Ghanaian banking system is resilient. No. Especially with a high non-performing of 18 point something percent, close to 20. And the literature says specific. Any country that is close to 20 or above 20, your banking sector is in crisis. There is no two ways about that. Mm. It's liquid, though, but being resilient according to non-performing, it is not at all. But, 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 but don't, we have, this, this brings me to this question. If you have non-performing loans around more than 20%, how then do you say that banks are liquid? Well, they are liquid because, you see, the liquidity turns into loans and the loans go bad. But currently, if you look at the statement that they made, credit to the private sector has dwindled, mm. has declined so much that the banks are getting no options where to put their money. So basically, all that is why you see the oversubscription of uh, treasury bills every week. I mean, last week I saw some percentage. I couldn't believe it because the banks don't find it convenient to lend to the, 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 the real sector of the economy. Mm. And that is what is very, very dangerous. And they are not able to do that because the non-performing at that area is too high, very, very high. There is no country in this sub-region which has close to 20%, except Ghana. And one of the metrics by Living and Valencia in 2018, IMF report, it says that any country where you are non-performing get close to 20 and above 20, then you are in crisis. Mm. So that word being used, I, from the literature point of view, empirical evidence clearly showed that that statement is a bit incorrect. Right. So, so let's link the liquidity of the banks to, um, you know, what the whole debt restructuring had to do. Um, in terms of the banks that participated, if you look at the, um, the rate, um, just like you said, the, the heaviness on them was too much until uh, they decided that bank of, you know, the Bank of Ghana has to take majority of the burden, are you saying that what the strategy that was used by, you know, the government in the whole debt restructuring process, especially uh, in the second round, putting most of the burden on Bank of Ghana, helped the banks to be at the status that they are now in terms of the liquidity? Thank you very much. You know, I quote the governor word in December banking dinner conference. He said in December, I think 23rd, he said they had to tweak the DDP so many times. They did. I have worked almost four, four various scenarios. Mm. And if you look at the last scenario where the burden was shifted from the banks to the central bank, you could see that there were extra pressures from the owners of the banks. Because let us say, I have bought a government bond a mm. bank, a shareholder. And suddenly, you decide to uh, <laughs> do, uh, legally destroy it. What I mean, destroy it means that 19.1 tends to be uh, 
over a period of those days earlier one a period of 15 years and that led to the losses and the losses impact in both solvency and liquidity so i think after the government has gone run 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 through by his their consultant they realized that there was a softer spot where they can do the, the restrict do the debt restriction that is why bank of ghana has to take the chunk which is about 34.7 billion which is out of the 41 point something billion of the banks bank of ghana had to shoulder 34.7 billion so in that in terms of that in terms of that one will realize that they have to change these goalposts so that the banks do not come back because if what they did earlier the one that we looked at first if they have done that almost almost uh, about nine banks would have to recapitalize by this time and that was the first imf country report said that there was going to be recapitalization doc, doc, you, you, doc you speak of nine banks that will have to go through recapitalization are these banks local banks or, or foreign ones you know the earlier one that we did it was both uh, local and foreign mm. if you remember yeah uh, banks like Ipsa, banks like uh, uh, South African, I've forgotten the South African banks. They all started talking about capital implement, implementation. And at that time, all these, even including Zenith and Nigerian banks, they were going to be hit hard. I think that was one reason why the government decided that, look, look, if I don't take it, I'm going to destroy this banking sector. So let me take a hit from Bank of Ghana, which I believe Bank of Ghana is a bank for everybody, yeah. for everybody. So if you take a hit, it, there's no problem. But if those banks, everybody was going to take the hit that, they, that we worked out, then we were going to be in serious trouble. So the government decided, the Minister of Finance decided, that, look, let me use, and the consultant, and this paper they have done, we have done it continuously, mm, yeah. persistently. From December, December, I think we've done about five models and every model we got, we got it right. Well, Doctor, and I, even if, the last one they did. If I remember, the, 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 right. the first paper that you put out, uh, you listed that eight, um, you know, local banks were exposed to, you know, solvency, um, you know, issues or crisis. Um, the second one and the subsequent ones that you did, has there been any change? Yeah, the, the, the impact has reduced considerably. The impact has reduced considerably because you see the losses earlier one was 41.3 billion mm. as against the 7.3 and the 7.3 i mean apart from one or two i think uh, two of them which were already down mm. i think the rest are not going to have that problem as they had with the first one Let, let's let's go on our screens and show this graphic the ghana's domestic debt exchange program Let's do an overview for those of us watching us from home to appreciate what we are talking about. So you look at the first DDP and the total target was somewhere 96 point, you know, 1 billion Ghana CDs. Uh, after the review, we saw that about, you know, 90.7% participation. That was the first DDP program. And then we said that, I mean, it, the, this was very shallow. So we decided to add pension funds where we had participation of 95%, and local bonds uh, denominated in terms of the dollar, um, about 91.7%. Cocoa bills, which um, there's actually an issue with that, 97.4%. Then Bank of Ghana non-marketable bonds, 
100%. Doc, 100%. Are you really relating this to the fact that what you said, that there was a revision and that Bank of Ghana decided that they are going to take majority of the burden and let the banks have you know, that fiscal breathing space to actually operate? You know, if you look at the last one, uh, the first and the second and the third, there was no mention of uh, uh, cocoa bills. Yeah. And there was no even mention of Bank of Ghana marketable bonds or the non-marketable bonds. But when the matter came to the crunch and they look at the first model, the first scenario, they realized that the banks were going to be destroyed. And they had no option, with the help of their consultant, decided to take a second look by including the cocoa bill, the, uh, the foreign, the U.S. Do domestic bonds, and the Bank of Ghana. If you look at the, these three, they took a lot of hit, more than what was done previously. Okay. So one strategy that you spoke about was, in your paper, is that, I mean, banks need to be liquid, and that one thing that Bank of Ghana is doing through its recapitalization program uh, is to offer the banks bonds. And you are saying uh, they are not really good. What can you say about that too? Well, it is quite unfortunate. It is quite unfortunate that we are talking about uh, giving bonds. I have made a paper earlier referring to what happened in the 80s. Mm. When the bonds were given to the banks, they were able to go to Bank of Ghana and it was discounted at a certain rate. So that you put them in a strong, in terms of liquidity mm. and in terms of solvency, currently, I think they're only looking at the solvency because it's a paper, paperwork. And don't forget that the level of trading in the bonds, basically it has nothing to write to me about. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to buy government bond as it is. Because what do you keep it for when you have suffered just about a year ago? Well, so, so, so if they are not if they are not really tradable, then why is Bank of Ghana or the government using this strategy I mean, to actually capitalize them? Let us put it to the face of uh, the minister. I'm mm. sure Bank of Ghana, with this experience in the 80s, would have recommended that at least 50% should be in cash and 50% maybe in bonds. So that here you support the liquidity and the solvency. Mm. And the literature says that countries that have defaulted on their debts, you cannot issue a reissue a bond at zero rated mm. at all. Literature say it. You can check the literature. Unfortunately, what you're giving to them is just to as a paper to show up. But ideally, the banks are not looking for just the paper. They need liquidity to run. Especially those banks that suffered. The bank that they give 2.5 billion. Mm. I don't want you to mention their name. They suffered as far as the local banks is concerned. If you take the topmost bank in Ghana, local bank, they were the less to have suffered. And if you're going to recapitalize them and you decide that, I'll give you another bond. I mean, what is it? Mm. At least go back to our history. Go back to what we did in the 80s. The bonds were given by the, the government, and Bank of Ghana were given the right to discount it, I think, at an interest of 8%. And that put those banks, NIB, Social Security Bank, call them. They all became located and started working. 
the practice has been done and i'm wondering why here in this country there's only few people who have the knowledge but if you read other literature you realize even Ghanaian literature you confirm what i'm saying mm. that bonds cannot be given to the banks at the moment especially some of the banks they are there possibly existing but if they were giving liquidity to show them up it means that they will pass both the IF, IFRS 13 mm-hmm. for liquidity and that will help them unfortunately I came back and I heard that they've been giving bonds and I said Is, are they tradable at all who wants to buy it who, what is the market Unless he's going to create a market uh, for I mean, I mean currently the, the market is the, the government bonds market is uh, you could say that I mean has collapsed. So hard the bonds go to trade up, yeah. Uh, I mean that is what I'm saying now. I mean uh, I would have thought because we were told they have five hundred million dollars mm. and they were hoping that well I am <laughs> give them 250 to make it 750 by my small calculation if you multiply even by 12 you're talking close to 99 billion and if you were to give these bank and then give them one for maybe what you think is solvency but you don't just give, decide to give banks more and they have to and i'm very unfortunate nobody seems to be talking about this it's very sad because you see they are not doing a great service to the banking sector because if I'm dealing with one bank and I realize that you are illiquid, you only buy by bonds. Even interbank dealings, interbank dealings, where we want to lend to you, I will not possibly lend to you overnight. No, 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 no. Now that bank would have to tread cautiously because people think that there can be contingent effect. If you give you money and you don't have money to come and repay, wow. Well, It's never too late to look at what they have done in order to strengthen the financial stability fund. If they do to go just the way they are going. Well, just just look at the participation rate of commercial banks in the uh, Tido market. The fact that they look at it and they see very lucrative um, you know, interest rates or coupons. And most of them are now using this means uh, as a way of getting quick liquidity. Uh, what do you say about that as well? You see, they are falling into the same trap when they went to the bonds. This is a poor risk management. I would tell them it's a poor risk management. You haven't suffered just from the, the bonds. And then you decide to tend and support to buy treasury bills. Instead of you looking for the real sector of the economy, to give money to them to turn the economy around for economic recovery, they are just buying bonds, bills and bills and bills and bills. And this economy will not turn around as the banks want to make fun. We used to call it lazy banking. Let mm. me repeat. It is lazy banking. Lazy banking means that if I buy one billion for one year, I'll sit in my office and I make say twenty-seven percent mm. to twenty-seven of the to the one billion. A lot of money. You only go to declare the profit. But if you 
if you meet any serious person who are looking into your figures, he's going to say that buying treasures to make money. I'm sorry, people like me sitting here can easily do it. You don't need any risk management uh, strategy to do that. But that is what they have tended to do, which is very, very dangerous for the recovery of the economy. After what the economy has gone through 2022-2023, and instead of you looking for the real loans, you continue to... And everybody, uh, the people who are buying, who are giving the money, who are getting the treasury bills, the government has opened his mouth. So let us go there and give money to them. And we'll get the one fine money. One fine money. And what happened to the bonds? What happened to the bills? And people will say, Dr. Tiani said it. Well, now, now they are getting the monies from the bill with very lucrative interest rate. Do you see that uh, this is an indirect way that government uh, is actually using to recapitalize the banks? He, he can use the bills to recapitalize. You know, the IMF report specifically said that recapitalization plan be submitted to Bank of Ghana. Mm. And recently, the government said that all banks, banks that are supposed to recapitalize have submitted their plan. And I think the plan is on the course. And they have staggered the re- recapitalization over a three-year period. But you see, the recapitalization per se is not only the DDEP. It is infl- inflation has whittled away you know, when they started 400 million, the dollar, the dollar to the city, I think was about 5.6. Mm. And now, the same 400 million has been whittled down because of inflation and the currency depreciation. So, in this country, what is happening is that every four years, five years, we want banks to recapitalize. Instead of we looking at the micro, microeconomic environment controlling inflation, keeping the city stable, uh, bringing physical discipline, all that a shareholder sit down there, every four years, they say, do recapitalization. And I believe that Ghanaians and the country must be very, must be wary about this. Just about four hundred four five five years ago, bring 400 million. Now the 400 million divided by 12, I'm told it's about $36 million. Yeah. Who knows the next four years? Any amount you bring will be less than $10, $10 million because inflation, currency depreciation are, whittled, are washing away the money like nobody's business. Okay, so, so you, you, you don't believe that, I mean, one, we've spoken about uh, the T-bill rates and the fact that banks are not clamoring over um, the, the bills because they see it to be lucrative. And we've also spoken about the collapse or what you say a dead bonds market and banks are now begin being given bonds to recapitalize and i i see this i don't, I don't know if that's the reason why the governor feels that you know banks are beginning to be liquid well he makes the statement because the returns that we submit on liquidity clearly show that People are actually giving deposit, putting deposit there because they don't have any alternative. Currently, if anybody should ask you, if you don't want to put your money in a bank, where would you put? There are no alternative investments. In this country, there are no alternative investments. And it's by so doing, 
everybody seems to be giving money to the bank. But that has not equate the recapitalization. The recapitalization has come into play because the city has depreciated over time. Inflation has taken over the money. And again, the DBEP has also taken chunk of people's capital. So there are myriad of multifaceted of problems that is being drawn uh, headlong for recapitalization of banks. Right. As a result of this same DDP that we are talking about, one, we've seen banks participating. Two, most of them bought bonds. Now they can't have access to it. They have to wait for a certain period of time before they get it. Now they are using the T-bill because it's lucrative. And in your paper, you make mention of uh, crowding out of the private sector. How long do you think that this will continue? And will the recapitalization of the banks, if it's done properly by Bank of Ghana, Will it actually reduce the, um, you know, the crowding out situation that we see currently? You know, the crowding out has been with us for a very long time. Mm. What it has done, what the, the DEP has done at the moment is that there is what you call inverted yield curve. The inverted yield curve is very simple. What it means is that now, shorter, shorter, yield, shorter bills yield better than long term. And if you ask those investment people, anytime it happens like that, there is every indication that the economy is heading into economic recession. The crowding out has taken over the private sector. The private sector cannot compete with government offering 30-something percent for T-bills. Because if you look at the economic environment at the moment, if you should even take a loan at the rate of 27%, I'm not sure you'll be able to pay back because the cost of doing business is reasonably high. We have electricity charges. We have so many things. <laughs> Taxes all over the place. So, I mean, the private sector will not just go in and borrow money only to find out the money has gone into something else which you cannot repay. And don't forget, experience have also shown that government employ government sector constitute a chunk of the the, the, the the businesses in Ghana if it's not construction it is buffer stock if it is not buffer stock it is this if it is not that it is that and because the government are doing so many things you were in this country when people who have supplied food to our grandchildren and children in secondary school for almost two years had to come and lay their pillows and bed in the offices of the people before they could be paid. I mean, and when these people are not being paid, they didn't take the money from anybody. They took it from the bank. And that will have impact on the non-performing. Another one that is happening, you know, there is what we call debt overhang, which I have written extensively about it. Even if you take the energy sector, there's so much debt overhang that yesterday I heard that the outstanding is 1.6 billion. Multiply 1.6 billion by 12. And that money that has gone to the, the energies, uh, the, those uh, IPPS, IPPS or whatever, those providers, they are monies they have taken from the banks. Or the money they have sourced from other people. And if all these are not being paid, 
is the same IPPs are being asked to participate in you know a debt restructuring program. Well, that is why you hear them resisting it because you see, if it is food, we're giving you food to eat. Mm. When you eat the food, and when it comes for you to pay me, you can't go to the woman selling uh, cocoa or cocoa to go and eat, and then later on you come and say, say come and negotiate. This negotiation should should have been dead. We've been talking about this. 2014. This problem has been with that since 13. People say it's stay and take and pay. That is not only the problem. If you read the paper, you realize that there are losses, the transmission losses, mm. which people instead of people use, calling it technical losses, when the Bank of Ghana make losses, people were saying that it was technical. It is the energy sector when we are transmitting the the, the, the power from the 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 place we take to the end, the losses we make in this country is close to 27%. Mm. It's a literature. I have read it. And if the losses are 27%, and now you're calling people when you have taken the thing and you are making a loss by you not doing the right thing, you're telling them to, to, to come and renegotiate. This is going to be a tough negotiation because the service has already been provided. And they have, you know, they have a Trump, uh, you have a Trump card. They are not like the bonds. Mm. This one, they can set the whole country Bam! Nothing works. Nothing works. That is why the energy sector should have been treated fairly and equitably. And for them to understand and appreciate. But it is not only when you go about as if everything in this country you control. So you want them to listen to you. I bet you, the energy sector, I mean, I know some of the guys there. They are businessmen who are tried and tested. Mm. And they won't let it go easy. Well, you speak of energy and sector. This debt overhang mm-hmm. also translates into it translates into the high non-performing asset too. Mm-hmm. Because the money they took, they took some from the banks. The banks, yeah. And then the, if you are not paying the the, the IBBS, they cannot pay their loans. Simple as that. There so, is a so, so correlation so, between so, what I'm saying. So you are talking about a double warming here. I mean. Banks have already participated in the DDEP program. They are actually um, being impacted by, as a result of their participation. Now, their monies are with IPPs who currently, they say they need their money, and government is actually calling them to come to the negotiation table for a restructuring. So that's a double whammy for the banks, isn't it? Well, you see, that is why, you see, it's always to bring myriad of people, people who are very knowledgeable about these things, when we started the DD, even before we started it, this debt overhang from IPPS has been there. I believe that they should have actually be able to sort it out first or talk to them because it represents a chunk of the country's revenue. And if the banks have given money to them... Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este... Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. And then you're telling them that hey, I won't be here take a cut at the bonds and then go and take a cut also from 
from the people are provided. They have to also be sorry, they have to think fast and say, Look, we cannot go on like that. Well, the let's... energy sector cannot be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about the banks because oh. I mean, I'm interested in the casualties as a result of banks, you know, participating in the DDP. And this has actually necessitated the need to do a recapitalization. From where you sit, do you see any casualties in terms of the banks, their decision to participate in the domestic debt exchange program? Is there a casualty in terms of the liquidity and solvency situation of the banks? Hello, Doc. When, when the, uh, the recapitalization came, the original recapitalization, mm. some banks went to GATS and they were giving bonds. And that very bonds has also been restructured. And that bond that we're giving to them as if you are going to take that and they tell you that you have to pay 22 or 21 percent return on it, I find it very difficult for the shareholders who sign on. Because you see, if you took 100 million from that at 22 percent, mm. hello, Doc. Right, so you are still watching up front on Join News Channel with me. Yeah, they're going to uh, okay. Doc is back. Compounding. Continue. So the first year, mm. we go to 122. And from 122, they work 22% on the 122. Oh, crash the crisis. I said some of them are, I don't think people really talk through very well. Because the cost of it was very, very unreasonably high. Even if it was a preferential uh, debt. I don't think... They deserve to be treated at 22%. But unfortunately, bonds were right. They were also restructured. Mm. You see the double whammy. You took the government bond to, to, the, to, to support your system. And then when the restructuring was being done, you also took a, another cut. So, I we are going about the banking sector, Fortunately, we are losing Dr. Chan. We have to be very, very careful. Mm. Because banks strive in confidence. And as people read to understand what is happening to the sector, it's not going to be easy for the banking sector. Doc, so, uh, still, I mean, I want to know the magnitude. Doc, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I want to know the magnitude of the, you know, the, the casualties that we are I can. facing. I can hear you. Yeah. Can you tell me about the, the, the magnitude of the casualties to the banks, especially uh, the domestic banks that participated in the DDEP? Yeah, currently, in eight, four of them mm. are major casualties. Four banks, four so, domestic banks. Yes, are major casualties. Because Already they were having challenges with their uh, uh, capital. And they took money from this area, uh, guts, and they have been also being destroyed. The others who got, like, uh, the one they have just recently recapitalized with 
2.5 billion. I mean, I don't think these casualties should be resolved by getting bonds. I insist. Let us read the literature in 1980s. When a similar thing happened, what then governor did with the minister or the late, the late professor Kusimotri, they decided that central bank give the bonds to government weak bonds, discount it at the interest of 8% mm. and let them be put into liquidity. But if you go and give bonds and bonds and bonds and bonds, and when the market the market is not tradable, I don't see what they are going to. So there are casualties about four from for, uh, domestic for domestic the revised the revised DDAP. The casualties are about four. So the, the, the first paper that you did, your first research, yes. there were about eight banks, and this has been halved? Yeah. Yeah. There was originally, I think, nine, eight banks. Yeah, eight nine. banks. Nine but when they revise it and tweak it, and when they reduce the maturity period from 15 years to uh, 2031, mm. it changed the scenario. It changed the scenario. It is only those who suffered, those who suffered earlier, like the bank that you have just recapitalized, they have always received bonds. And they continue to receive bonds. Yeah, dog. This this four this four domestic do. banks you speak of, were they already in the system before we did, um, you know, the first banking sector cleanup? Were they were they there already, or there are banks that came after the, the banking sector cleanup? Very sorry. We are the nineteen eighties, and we have the last nineteen uh, seven. To 20, 2017-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2018-2
six years. And that has actually affected both the solvency and liquidity. So, so you have two separate groups in this banking space. We've largely spoken about the domestic banks. There's also the foreign bit. So why is it that these four banks exposed to solvency issues? Why are they all domestic and not? Um, why don't we have any of the foreign banks in there? Do they have anything that they're actually relying on? You see, when we did the first one, most of the foreign banks were hit, especially South African and Nigerian banks. Mm. But when you tweaked it, it means that the losses they made last year, there will be a, as, the, as we come to the first quarter, where the banks will be publishing, you will be seeing a huge write backs for some of the banks. Mm. And that will put them on a, on a, on a, a good uh, uh, level. Because some of one bank, I know he's going to have a red bank of two billion. Mm. It's a foreign bank because it was one of the banks who actually wrote everything off. He wrote two point two billion to hit his capital. Now, after the revision, he is going to make a lot of uh, profits that will help him to improve his position. So the foreign banks, those who participated, are not in the same boots as some of the Ghanaian banks did. Well, well, I know in, in, in other countries that actually also did a domestic debt exchange program where there were foreign banks and banks had to take a risk. Some of the foreign banks actually threatened to leave. Do you see the same situation actually panning out in our situation? Uh, a very interesting <laughs> answer from you. I think, I think from where I sit, I think there were a lot of pressure from the owners of the banks, the foreign banks, when the first GDP came with that losses. Mm. Because, you see, if you have taken somebody's deposit and then instead of you paying him and you write them off and say that I'm going to bring another capital, he's going to tell you that. My brother, I came to be here, but if this is what is going to continue, maybe I want to leave Mm-hmm. Can you take your bank, give me your, my capital, and let me go back? When you are faced with that challenge, you have a better option to go to Bank of Ghana. I'm giving you a secret. This is a secret. Mm-hmm. That is why they decided to go and hit Bank of Ghana. Because those good ones who have been here, I won't mention names. There have been very, very good banks, foreign banks who have been here. And if they were told you that, look, the way you are treating us, we'll find it very difficult to participate. You have no option to look for other alternative. So now that he has done the final one, and the impact is not as huge as the first one, I think the, the foreign banks are not going to suffer. They will, so, so, some will do a, some small... So, so, so if, if, I, if I get you right, Doc, if, if I get you right, you are saying that some of the foreign banks threaten to actually leave the space uh, if government... I wouldn't... I, I don't have empirical evidence. Mm. But what I can say that from where I sit, mm. if I bought a bonds two billion mm-hmm. and you've written it off and, and I'm taking a huge loss, and you say go and bring money from South Africa, go and bring money from Nigeria. If I bought Nigerian bonds, I wouldn't have faced the same challenge mm-hmm. because if we look at the G- 
their GDP ratio. I thought Nigeria, Nigeria is one of the lowest in the whole world. But when people talk, they talk as if that Nigeria. So if you bought the Nigerian bonds or South African bonds, I'm not sure you'll be called upon to take such a hit. So I'm sure when they did all the scenarios with the adv- their financial advisors and legal advisors, they decided to say, ah, Charlie, why are we going to do this to ourselves? Why don't we see what the central bank can do? That's why the central bank was used as a lamb who was slain. The lamb who was slain. Right, so the, the finance minister, Doc, says, um, I mean, the DDP, we've actually concluded it. But we've seen the participation of the commercial banks in the T-bill rate where government is borrowing heavily uh, each week. Um, do you think that the DDP has been concluded or you think that there will be another round as a result of these activities going on uh, in the Treasury the way, bill space? The way the government has turned its eye on the Treasury bill, uh, seriously, I'm not very comfortable at all. Mm. But I said the same thing when the bonds. I remember 2021 in one of my speech lecture. I said that the way the bonds have been treated, one day we'll get up in the morning and we have a challenge. The way everybody wants to go to the treasury because the interest is attractive. Everybody is going there. Who knows what can happen? Because it's the same debt, and these these are more expensive. Because yeah. one year was 19.1. Now, one year for treasury bills is about 27 or 28. So which one? Which one do you think is cheaper? But he has turned his eye there and boring as if nobody, nothing is happening. And it's becoming what we used to call when we were young. Uh, when the 19, I think 1996, people came here as Pram. Pram and R5. You borrow here, you give here, you borrow there, you give there, you borrow this money, you give there. And this is exactly what is going to happen. And I believe that the banks should now be risk, must be risk conscious and see what they are doing. Because something can happen. I'm not predicting it, but the way we are borrowing from that end, we are almost one year, a month is gone, and we are borrowing at that level. I believe the treasury, when the treasury bill was done, Actually, my, one of my 15 percent mm. but it doesn't it doesn't happen yeah because i thought government government would reduce some of these uh, expenditures so that we'll cut our quote according to our law we had a big assurance from the finance minister saying that e-bills will not be part of the exchange program uh, what do you have to say about that one too i mean you you are saying that uh, in the bonds market we are confident that there's nothing going to be like a restructuring but we've seen it in the T-bill space, I mean, government is borrowing at a very high rate. Do we see, or should we, should we actually go ahead and believe what the finance minister says when he actually assured us that T-bills will not be part of the entire restructuring pro- process? For me, to believe somebody must have empirical data and empirical evidence. Mm. I believe in data and science. I believe in data. And I believe what I have seen what I've what I've seen, what I've observed, I cannot back that statement. Is it not the same person who said, "No IMF, mm. no IM, no IMF"? Is it not the same people who said it? So for me, I don't take people's word for a dime or a CD, because if I'm a bank, as I'm saying, if I have a bank. I'm going to warn my risk people that please, please 
learn from the past mistakes. Because if you continue the way you're buying the treasury bills, by the half year, the debt will be an almost equivalent of what was happening with the, the bonds. And they will tell you that they had to restructure it. And don't forget, in other jurisdictions, treasury bills in Russian and Ukraine, when they did that, they restructured treasury bills. Mm. They did restructure treasury bills. You went, can I, you can go and check the literature. It didn't go well at all. Dog, in, 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 our, in our case, there's one T-bill, special T-bill that we've actually restructured, uh, which is the cocoa bills. Yes, yes. Ah, Thank you very much. You are giving me a typical example of what I'm saying. Mm. If cocoa bills were T-bills and have been restructured in such a way, I mean, what can't be done? And when he wants to do it, he will do it. So, at least there is an empirical evidence of the cocoa bills. So, you can take it from that point. I mean, it's, it's, it's been less than, I think, six years since we did the banking sector cleanup. Uh, do you see that uh, per what is happening and the empirical data that you actually have uh, in your repository, do you see another banking sector cleanup uh, in the next years to come? You see, uh, banking sector cleanup must have a, a, a clear objective and mm. specific objective. The first one, I don't falter the current people. That was in 2014. <laughs> report. And it was reformed. That thing was not done. That thing was not done. By the way, we have done this all reforming, re restructuring, or whatever you call it, reforming and everything. If you sit where I sit, I won't be surprised that there has to be, be another reform. Because at least if you talk about capital, re, cap, cap, capitalization. Doc, I, 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 I didn't get that. You said there has to forget, be another what? What Ghanaians have for forgotten is that? You said there will be another thing that will what happen. What I'm saying is that yeah. mm -hmm. from where I sit mm -hmm. and the way I look, there can be another reform. Okay. Yes, there can be because recapitalization is one of the reforms and they are calling for recapitalization. Governor has said it and I'm not saying anything. He said it. I think I read it and that is it. But all these things involved, what I want us to look at it is that until we get the micro Inflation down. Inflation down. Stable currency, which we are not going to get it today or tomorrow. Because if you are not producing enough to export, there's no way your CD can be stable. Mm. No way. I repeat it, and I want to repeat it. Let those who challenge me come and challenge. A country that exports, look at cocoa, less than 800 million tons. 800 million dollars or so. Right, okay. Look at gold. You have done a good job. Mm. How much do we get from gold? How much do we get from gold? You have spot 6.6 million right? mm -hmm. and you only earn 865. And you think that can help you for extractive industry? I doubt it. So, so, so final one, Doc. What do you think currency, should be... Hello, Doc. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we have to wrap up. I, I want to take your, 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 your view on this. What do you think should be um, the perfect way that Bank of Ghana can recapitalize the banks? Should it be through bonds, uh, which probably will have some coupons, or there should be another way? Well, I would go on the first one we did in the 80s. Mm. That was handled by World Bank and IMF. All that they did is that. The bonds were given to the banks. But you go to Bank of Ghana, there is a secretariat. Then they would discount it, I think, interest of 8%. And they give you the liquidity, the money. And you come and put it in, the, in, in your bank. That is the only way. But you see, by giving bonds to me, it doesn't even satisfy IRS 13. Mm. Because you see, a country that has defaulted in just a year, reissuing bonds. Ha! Which country is this? So they should look at the recapitalization strategy vis-a-vis -vis the financial stability fund which they say they have 500 million dollars plus 250 from the world bank and do it properly so that banks that need capital in terms of to support efficient uh, liquidity and solvency they will not be found wanting because if i'm dealing with a bank who has been given a bond mm. on the interbank market that bank should ask me for give me Lend me 20 million overnight. I'll tell you no. Because when you default, there's no way I can get my money back. Right. All these things they are doing affect the banking sector. And we have done it before. Let me repeat. 88, the late Dr. Kwesiboche did it perfect, perfectly, 100%. Go and read the literature. Why are we trying to create something new? Right. And there has been already something. Right. Doc, Thank you very much for you know sharing your thoughts on this big issue. I'm sure that we have to have a part two of this conversation. And folks, this is where time will allow us to our conversation. My guest was Dr. Rich Monitiahine, banking consultant. When you prime, it's up next. <laughs> Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.